Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, um, you know, 48 to 10, SMU routes North Texas. In uh, what I found out, and I don't know how I didn't read tweet earlier, but it is the worst loss of the Seth Luttrell era to SMU, but it's also the worst loss to SMU since 1941. Let that sink in. Really? You didn't see my tweet? You don't you don't check? I don't really anymore? get on Twitter anymore. Okay, well, for yeah. My, it's for my mentals. For my mentals. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, the worst loss to SMU since 1941 you know what and two, and, two, I, and i two, think this the, this the only other time they even lost by 30 i believe was two was two years ago those are the only two times since 1941 that they've lost by 30 or more points 2020 and 2022 and almost 2017 but then i remember that jalen guyton game yeah but jalen guyton got those like late game uh to like five minute left touchdowns yeah that's that's what i would have thought was any the worst loss but yeah they, they only lost 54 32 um you know i we didn't make this podcast to be like our old podcast where we'd sit here and recap the game yeah Uh, so if y'all didn't watch it sorry if y'all didn't watch the game i actually don't feel sorry for you because (laughs) no no no, i I do you want to know why bruni because i was right damn it you were right i don't need any nobody should have had hope going to this game this is this is this i have so much to say go ahead this is the equivalent of baylor playing albany yesterday they this is basically this should be a pay to pay to pay game for, for for SMU at this point. This is this is crazy. Now I did predict 41-21, you know, because I thought that maybe there, there'd be some competence. But time after time, when I didn't think anything could be any worse, incompetence just continued and continued and continued. And it was from the most unlikely uh, I guess p- parts of North Texas game. You know, that you I would have thought it would have been Austinani, you know, ruining the game for them or yep. Or, or, or something like that. But no, it was the run game. Couldn't get it done on the goal line. It was some weird tr- coaches calling some weird play, trick play that whatever. Ethan Mooney not making a kick. Like, you're just, you're, you're, you're punching yourselves in the kidneys over and over and over again to where, yeah, you're only down at halftime. What was it? Uh, 17 points. Is that what it was? I have it right here. It was 31 to 10. Okay, so 21 points. That 21 points had to have felt like 42 points because up to that point, yeah, yeah, up to that point, you had done so many good things and then just undid it all times a billion. Let's let's see, you kind of got the (laughs) yeah, let's see, what what do you got? (laughs) I I agree with everything you're saying, (laughs) it has become an embarrassment more than a rivalry at this point. Even FCS teams, I think, would put up um a better fight like you know whenever it's a, a large spread like a hell like i watched central michigan wasn't it central michigan oklahoma state central michigan lost like 52 to like 40 or something like that like yeah. again it's you put up yeah. efforts i watched so much fo- i watched like 20 games yesterday and i did not see this level of incompetence from a team that like i said last time was only a 10 point 10 or 11 point dog like this is ridiculous to lose by 38 points when you're only an 11 point dog and i know gambling might not mean anything to a lot of people but there's a reason why those spreads are what they are right and they've made billions of dollars for you know that industry it's because they're accurate and they're based off of a lot of things but they're based off of talent they're based off of the perception of the team 
And for a team to go in as, you know, a 10-point dog, which even was going to like nine and a half, and lose by 38, something is systemically wrong with this team. And I, I was looking this up before we got on, uh, if I can find it again. But so my my old company, I won't say their name, but my old company does a uh, talent composite every single year. Okay. And they basically goes one through 150, basically, you know, all the teams ranked by recruit, you know, the, the level of players that they have on their team, you know, so four, four, five, four star, five stars, four stars, three stars, so on and so forth. Um, SMU was ranked 58th in the country in this talent composite, right? And obviously it's all P5 teams, you know, at the top, really. Yeah. Um, SMU is at 58 is one of the top G5 schools. Okay. North Texas is 77th. Okay. Only 19 spots behind. UTSA is 76th. So one spot above North Texas. And played Houston, who is 55th in this. So Houston 55, UTSA 76, SMU 58, North Texas 57. 77. 77, sorry. Yeah. You, you see where I'm getting at? Yeah. Do I even need to continue this rant? No. UTSA, I watched that whole game, and that looked like a team that A, okay, A, even going into the game, we're like, you lose, uh, if you're UTSA, you lose an NFL corner, you lose uh, a l- elite defensive lineman, you lose um, your running back, Sincere McCormick, you lose dudes, offensive linemen as well, um, another NFL offensive lineman, you lose dudes off this team. And Houston going into the year is expected to be if not the best G5 team, one of the best with Cincinnati, right? Yep. There's no doubt. Top top 25 team comfortably. And we saw what Houston did to North Texas a few years ago, right? UTSA looked like the better team for parts of that game. And even if they didn't, weren't the better team, they were clearly, clearly a, a excellently coached team. And they had they were all on the same page. There was never a question of whether UTSA was going to execute. Right. And they did every single time. And that is a jarring, jarring, jarring difference between UTSA and North Texas at this moment. Because just a few years ago, North Texas beat UTSA 45-3. to And since that moment, the trajectories of those programs have gone in completely different directions. UTSA can lose multiple NFL players and still be competing with Houston, who, for my money, is a top 25 team comfortably. Like, UTSA is still probably a top 30, 35 team comfortably yeah. in the country. And North Texas is probably a bottom 30 team in the country. And you look at the, again, the talent on the roster, and I, I'm not saying this is, the, this is you know... Every, the end-all be-all. Yeah. End-all be-all here. But I think it's a pretty accurate assessment of, talent where utsa is 76 in the country north texas 77 and if you watch those two teams play yesterday you would have guessed completely different you would have if you just show that game to people you'd say oh north Te- utsa it's like a top 30 40 team in the country north texas looked like a, a bottom 30 team and it's a, just different cultures different coaches and different programs which is insane because north texas has four times the amount of money as utsa utsa just built like a, a canopy for their practice field. They didn't, they were practicing like 
No, no. Not only that, UTSA, whenever Seth Latrell first came here, was bottom of the barrel. No one wanted to go there. Even even more recently, again, three years ago. Was it three years ago? Okay, I, yeah. Was it not 2019? I, 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 I'm 2019 just being, I'm being, I'm giving a safe them. assessment and saying, you know, when he first started. I mean, that was, it was UTSA at the bottom and UTEP in Conference yep. USA. Three years ago, 2019, yeah. September 21st, 45 to 3. <sighs> Let's see. I mean. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to give another perspective of other teams around the country, you know, I saw something yesterday where James Madison beat yep. Middle Tennessee. I think it was 20, 40. I just had the score. 44 to 7? 44 to 7. Something like that. They just now became an FBS. Coach. Yes. They just joined the Sun Belt and they beat a Conference USA team like that. And that's when you're trying to, you're, you have a point, I guess, but let me just finish this real quick. I brought up last week that North Texas <laughs> is trying to compete and keep up with Conference USA schools and they're going to move to the AAC next year where there's no chance of trying to compete with Memphis and SMU, where we think that, or anybody thinks that they can be at that level. And then you have a similar schools on the same exact conference where they're struggling to beat these teams and they get beat by a newly Sunbelt team, James Madison, 44 to seven. Like it's, I, I mean, but that's culture, State. right? But that's culture, right? Yeah. James Madison is is perennial, perennial FCS yep. national championship. Same thing with Sam Houston State over here, and, and in Huntsville is a perennial FCS team that a program that is elite at the FCS level lost to AM 31 to zero. I watched the first two quarters of that game, and at Sam Houston State had multiple chances to take leads in that game. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like you can tell when a team is well coached and the program has its culture about him, about it. And as much as we want to give credit for North Texas for beating UTEP and and beating, you know, the teams they were supposed to beat last year and heck, beating UTSA last year. They beat UTSA last year. Let's let's not let's give them credit for that. Okay, cool. But it's clear and obvious that that game against UTSA was an outlier. By every single result we have over the past three years, that win was the outlier. And if they lose that game, I think we're looking at this entire Latrell era very, very, very different because last year was saved by that win. Yeah. Last year was made by that win. You look at the other five wins on their schedule, none of them are you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's an impressive win. No, it's over freaking FIU. It's over Rice in overtime. Like None of those results last year, except for the UTSA one that saved them. This year, the SMU game, and you want to write people. I've I've listened to people, and I've, I've read people be like, "Well, it's SMU. You know, we expected them to lose this game, so it's it's no big deal." I didn't expect them to lose by thirty eight points. Nobody expected them to lose by right. thirty eight points. And it looked worse than that. And it was, it was, it was no, it was just absolute. It looked like they didn't even belong on the same field. Yeah, it legitimately looked FBS to FTS because. If you actually want to talk a little about the game real quick, those receivers made the secondary look look like they they're high school. They looked they look they looked high school level, right? That the, those receivers looked on a different level. Yeah, and that's just skill position. That's that's not, and they still haven't figured out how to slow down an, an SMU pass game. So I I just can't I can't because. If, if, if North Texas played Houston, 
the score would have been the same, 48 to 10. Again, Houston's supposed to be better than SMU this year. I don't know what the future holds, but Houston is supposed to be better than, than SMU. And if Houston played North Texas yesterday, we're looking at another 48 to 10 game. So last podcast, you started it. The first 10 minutes were you and me arguing about you saying that if they won, yeah, that it's a, it's a program changing win. Yeah. Well, they just lost in what was probably the worst way possible. Is it equally as program changing? If you get what I'm saying. I'm, I think for a lot of people, they would say no. I'm leaning towards yes, because if I'm Rim Baker and I just had to watch that, there's no way. My leash is so short at this moment. If I'm Rim Baker, there's no way that I'm just letting that go. Yeah. There's, there's no way I'm letting that go. You have to, at this point, prove to me that you can be and you can even just compete with teams that are, are decent. Because like you said, Conference USA at this moment is not looking very strong at all. FAU just got blown out by Ohio. I don't want to say blown out. They came back a little bit. They lost to Ohio, um, Louisiana Tech, lost to Missouri. Uh, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But you just go down to FIU, <laughs> barely beat Bryant. Like Rice got blown out by USC, and they had three pick sixes. So it's just like what are we doing here if we're applauding a guy for going – six and six and all six of his wins are against teams in the bottom 20 of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like Texas Southern and UNLV are the next two games. Like those are again, well, Texas Southern is a, you know, FCS program, whatever. Um, But UNLV is, is awful as well. So unless if they show something against Memphis, I can't see this season changing anyone's minds. It feels like, and let me know, I mean, if you agree, but, like, it feels like our minds are made up at this point, and we're just waiting for him to prove us wrong. And well, this yeah, I mean, game would have proved this, us wrong. Right, too. and now the game just proved what everyone exactly. else knew. Um, exactly. and, and to go through other scores, so week one, Western Kentucky almost lost to Austin PA, 27-30, or 38-27. Then you have, like you said, FIU Bryant. FIU only won by one. Um, what's another one? Uh, I think I named most of them. Yeah, I think that's it for what did Western Kentucky and Hawaii played last night. Oh, uh William and Mary beat Charlotte 41-24. Um FCS school, by the way. Yeah. Um so I mean Club Lit's not looking too good anymore, huh? Club Lit, yeah, Club Lit's not looking too good. Ohio, like you said, beat 41-38 Houston and the UTS game. We already know what that's about. And then finally we get down to James Madison beating Middle Tennessee 44-7. I saw someone I saw someone put a the uh, the uh, Will Healy on everyone's shoulders like in the party and it said Club L, Club L. <laughs> so 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 as we, the 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 theme continues right, yeah. can they compete in the AAC because that's what that's what this game I think was it was a tryout in a sense or or a a crystal ball of what would happen next year, and I think that unless I don't think seven games gets keeps Seth now I think that this game in my eyes. Like you said, you have to prove everyone wrong. Does getting a win over Memphis do that? I'm not even sure. One thing I want to clarify because I did we talked 
podcast, and we, we're not going to run too much longer. But I don't want to clarify. Obviously, Houston will be gone next year. UCF will be gone next year, and Cincinnati will be gone from the the American whenever North Texas joins. Um, and they're also adding along with North Texas. You add UTSA, um, sorry, I have right here. Rice, UAB, UTSA, and uh, I think it's FAU. FAU and Charlotte. So it's not like the American is going to be this like juggernaut, but SMU, East Carolina, who almost beat North, uh, NC State yesterday, played really well. So East Carolina, SMU, uh, Tulane will be, you know, better. Um, Tulsa lost yesterday, but that is what it is. And then UTSA and UAB, right? Yeah. So let's just say that's at least five teams every year that are going to be pretty much better than you unless if something changes. So while I don't think it's like, you're not stepping up to this American, you're not stepping up to where you have to play Houston and, and, um, and UCF and Cincinnati, you're still stepping up into a conference that has teams that are going to be better. And you're bringing with you UTSA and UAB who are already every year anyways. Yeah. Who beat you every year anyway. So it's like you add those two and then you add SMU, Memphis, East Carolina, Quick math, that's five. That that are legitimate programs that have will have that have been better than you forever. And that's not to say the other schools aren't gonna step up that yeah. come up. I like I said, I Tulane right here in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean that's um, you know, Navy's hit or miss, South, South Florida can be hit or miss, uh Tulsa is up and down. So, you know, it's just teams like that. Um, we'll see. Did I say FAU's going in there too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. You could add them to the mix too. So, anyways, I say all that to say this loss definitely hurts. Obviously, hurts the trails' chances. I'd say of of coming back uh, because you just can't perform at this level, especially on the same day where UTSA performed at that level. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's just you can't. So I, I don't even have that much more to say. If you want to real quick talk about over the unders. Talk, what was that? Our over-unders. Oh, yes. I was right it? for the score. I was more right. You were more right. You were definitely more right for the score. <laughs> uh, Jake Roberts over under 3.5 receptions. Wait, I think we both said over, right? Or I said over, you no, said under? you said over, I said under. I said they were going to take him away. Did, do, you have the, do you not have the box score up? Uh, mm-hmm. I took it away. Let me get it back up. Okay. Uh, box score. North, North Texas, Texas podcast or anything. Texas receiving. Ah, oh, he had three. Dang. Beautiful. Let's write that down. M right. Uh, North Texas defense over under 0.5 interceptions. We both said under. We were both correct. Yeah. Um, Austinani over under 1.5 touchdown passes. We both said under. We were correct. We were. And well, the only rush touchdown, the only touchdown was uh, Attaway. Yeah. Okay, correct. And then Oscar Attaway over under ten point five carries. Your problem. I was right on that too. So we're back tied now. Well, no, we're not. You lead five to four. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, real quick, if for those, I guess who want our takes on like the actual team or whatever. I we, I don't have a ton. I thought Austin Ani wasn't awful 
I say that looking at his stat line where he went 14 of 29 with two picks and zero touchdowns, but I didn't feel like he was as he was uh, not the reason they played. There, as bad there, were, as... there you go. There were a lot of other problems. Yeah, like I Austin mean, Otter one of the picks was like a somehow not caught ball. Varkey's yeah. gums just dropped a whatever. Yeah. Easy... Was it gums or was it Roberts? I don't. It was remember. gums. Because I, I remember, because I pointed it out, I was like, "Oh, that's go- oh, that's gums." <laughs> I remember gums. Other gums drop earlier in the game in the flat. That was so, what I'm talking about. The flat, okay. whatever, whoever it was. Um, so I, I don't know. It felt like a really normal Austin Arnie game. Yeah, where he's like, what okay, he is. We yeah, get it. He is what he is. Um, uh, Oscar Attaway is the best player on the offense. Yeah, by a wide margin, best player on the team, probably. Probably the best player on the team. Um, hope Katie Davis doesn't hear this as well. But, I hope he does because then he'll play better. I I thought on he defense, didn't play bad by the way. I'm just yeah. Like, I don't think Katie did play bad he just at needs all. To, he just needs to like carry it, like just put everyone on his shoulders. Needs to be in. Needs if to be if he's actually the All American, you know that that level, you're gonna have to do that because obviously outside of Katie Davis and Tom Treeb, I don't look at anybody else in this defense as being playing to the level that they need to Let's play. Talk about at. Sean Thomas Faulkner, huh? How do how'd you like him secondary. back there? The whole secondary was just in shambles, in absolute shambles. They acted like they had never seen someone so fast. Like, seriously. They sat in I, – I remember one of them, I think it was the post, where it was – I think it was Curly who caught the post, the, the mm-hmm. one that uh, – they returned it to the 50. And yeah, then they yeah. Had a 50-yard touchdown, uh, and they were in quarters coverage. And uh, Tom Herman did a good job pointing this out on the broadcast where, like, safety came down, so it was just the corner. Uh, it was just man on the outside, and – I think it was i don't remember who i'm not gonna throw a name out there i think it was gaddy but just got killed on the post and it's just like all right yeah again they're just way faster uh way better athletes and so as much as we want to give north texas receivers you know praise and like be like hey you know north texas receiving core is actually not bad it's decent which i think it is decent that's what an elite g5 receiving core looks like yeah that's what it looked like when you had Jalen guy and when you had rico bussy that's what they don't have. North Texas doesn't have that anymore. So uh, that's you could tell the difference in receivers pretty comfortably. Um, like I said, Treve and Katie Davis were the only two good defensive players, in my opinion. Um, if there was another one, then feel free to point him out. But I thought everybody else played really poorly. So, and I mean, not for nothing, we gave Phil Bennett his props last week. Um, I think he was a little overmatched, but at the same time, it definitely didn't look comforting to watch SMU just walk down the field every single time. Every time. I mean, Tanner Mordecai into the game, 23 of 32 for 432 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Yep. So that's it. That's it. That's all I got to say. That's, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I got to I gotta get to New Orleans, Colin. Okay. What should I have to drink tonight? A hurricane? Yeah. Um, you just get yourself a, a hand uh, hand grenade. Hand when are you coming to New Orleans, Colin? That's my question. I, I don't know. Am I invited? Mm-hmm. Of course, always invited. Okay. Are you gonna wait till New Orleans, until uh, North Texas makes the New Orleans Bowl for the third year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll wait till LSU and uh, North Texas play. There you go. Just kidding. there you go. <laughs> that would be a bloodbath. Oh my god. Um. But all right, guys, that's all we have for y'all today. Wait, we'll and- wait who, who, who did they play in Texas Southerns next week? Texas Southerns next that week. That better be a win. It's, it's going to be a win. 
Okay. It'll be a win. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, th- I'm just throwing out. Yeah, uh, I'm just gaslighting everyone, making sure that they they're not sure. <laughs> right. Let's just have a whole full breakdown of Texas Southern. Yeah. Like, well, listen, man, Texas Southern. You know they could. It's not a bad team. They, not a bad UNT team. has a 99.4 percent chance to win, according to uh, the ESPN. FPI. FPI. Um. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is instead of having a pregame podcast, because I have nothing to talk this, about. Yeah. What are we gonna say? We're not talking about. We'll do a little – we'll just post it on Twitter, our over-unders. That's a good idea. You can make a little graphic. Mm-hmm. And there you go. That's what we'll do. All right. That's it. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you made it this far, leave us a like, comment, share. I'm out of focus on my camera now. Look at that. Yeah, that's all right. Dang. Um, but all right. Thank you all for joining us. We'll talk to you all later.